Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Insurance can be hard. That's why Geico makes it easy with 24-7 claim service and on-the-go policy info in the app. It's easy to Geico. Happy Monday. It's November 20th. Thanksgiving week is upon us. And Elizabeth Loza uh, is in the house. What's going on? I am not a whole lot. I leave today. Fly back to LA Sad. today. After yeah. the show. The show, though, is obviously my priority. And thank goodness I am here because... Someone isn't. Look at this. Daniel goes to New York for one birthday weekend. It becomes so high maintenance. He spends one weekend in the Lower East Side and goes and gallivants amongst the elites. And he can't can't even show up to work on time. Well, uh, we do have an over and we expect him to be hightailing it in. He could be here any moment now. Last minute, just like his Detroit Lions. Wow. Over here, Chicago Bears. The humility you just expressed to admit that out loud. Liz Loza, (laughs) a team player in every sense of the word. We've got a jam-packed show on the way today. We've got not just injury updates. Those are no fun, but some positive things to discuss as well, Liz. So you and I are going to get right back into it. And Trevor Lawrence apparently is a thing again. He looks like the player that we were expecting out of college when he was the number one pick back in 2021, and he finally decided to have one good fantasy game yesterday. All four touchdowns he was in charge of. Yeah. Two via the air, both to Calvin Ridley, another bounce back we love to see, and two via the ground, which, by the way, was not easy to do versus that Titans front, though via the air we were expecting a little bit more productivity in the matchup. It was his first game with over 20 fantasy points this season, and how about this? He was his first rushing touchdown of the season until he had a second later on in the game. You mentioned those two apiece mm-hmm. through the air and on the ground. And the question I'm thinking to myself is, all right, is this the sign of the new Jaguars offense? Is Travis Etienne now vulnerable to lose goal line carries or Tank Bigsby? Is he going to lose goal line carries to the extent that he actually gets them? I'm not totally convinced because while Trevor did have two goal to goal rushing attempts yesterday, He had one prior to that all season. This feels like much more of the outlier than it does Mm -hmm. sort of the standard for Trevor Lawrence going forward. But I think, Liz, what I'm always hopeful for when you have a player of Trevor Lawrence's ability, who's obviously got a ton of talent, is what you're always hopeful for when they have one game like this, even if it doesn't occur until week 11, is that this is the turning point for the push, the second half push of the season. Right, there's a much larger sample size that shows us this year he has not been good for fantasy. Under 20 fantasy right. points in every game prior to yesterday. So, just gut reaction. I'm not going to hold you to this by Friday, much less the rest of the year. But just like, do you believe yesterday was a potential turning point for Trevor Lawrence? Or would you err on the side of, it's the blip on the radar? I want to see Zay Jones stay healthy, and my answer Ooh. is attached to that. Okay. My theory heading into this game was that... Trevor, uh, who did not have a great offensive line, who we've seen, he's only 24 years old, right? He still made some mistakes even last year in a, quote, breakout year. Uh, A little afraid to push the ball downfield into tighter windows, and that's why Calvin Ridley was so hot or cold, and we saw Christian Kirk in the the slot, and Evan Ingram, the steady Eddie, if you will, of this offense, being Mm. more regularly utilized, but Zay Jones on the opposite side opened things up for Calvin Ridley, and now Trevor Lawrence feels a little bit more confident, a little bit more comfortable. Okay, so Great call right there on Zay Jones and the impact for Calvin Ridley as I see Daniel start to walk into the studio out of the corner of my eye, Mr. High Maintenance himself. And flexing in the Detroit Lions jersey. You know what? He was too busy checking himself out in the mirror wearing his Aiden Hutchinson uniform to show up to work on time. Hey, there he is. Uh, Let me correct one stat that I just said that I want to make sure that I uh, have accurately. Trevor Lawrence had four goal-to-go rushes yesterday. I said two earlier. Oh, okay. Four yesterday after just one all season. I'm not so sure that's a sticky stat going forward. Let's talk Calvin Ridley, though. Okay. And huge props to Mike Clay, who on Fantasy Football Now was pressed with making the case that Calvin Ridley could have a big game yesterday. Mm -hmm. My did he ever, Liz, is he had 31.1 fantasy points, and you think there could be a Zay Jones corollary here that is a big part of Calvin Ridley's success. Highest catch total for Ridley since week five, uh, since, yes, week five at at Buffalo, yep. but actually in London. In London. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the last time he cleared, that was the last time he cleared 100 yards. And who was on the field for at least three quarters of that game? Mm. Zay, Jones. Zay Jones. Yeah, I mean, this is just crazy. All right, so Zay Jones has played four games with Calvin Ridley. Three of them have been fully healthy. Three fully healthy games, Calvin Ridley, and Zay Jones on the field. There was one in which Zay Jones left early all the way back in week two. In those three games, Calvin Ridley 
has gone for over 100 yards in each of those games. He has three total touchdowns in those three games, one, zero, and two, two yesterday. And he has 24.1, 20.6, and 31.1 fantasy points in those three games. In the other seven games, which again includes one in mm-hmm. which Zay Jones played 66% of the snaps and then left early, Calvin Ridley has scored one total touchdown and is not past 40 receiving yards in any of the other seven That's games. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Hello, Daniel. Hello, You're Phil. here. You're in the building. Welcome in. So, Thank you. Do we have a sample size issue? Maybe. It's only three games. Uh, could it also be that maybe Zay Jones is one extra wide receiver That's that right. you have to account for, that the coverage that you're normally allocating towards Calvin Ridley is a little less balanced, or a little more balanced, I should say, when mm-hmm. Zay Jones is on the field? Maybe that's what it takes. So perhaps Calvin Ridley stock is tied. And Trevor Lawrence's. Maybe Trevor Lawrence's as well. I still want to see Trevor Lawrence do it a little more consistently before I tell you he's back to being the preseason value that I thought he could be. Um, But I think at least in the case of Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones being healthy will be enough of a tiebreaker for me to feel like I can go back to the Calvin Ridley well next week when they play the Houston Texans, Daniel Dow. That's going to be a huge one, though. In that oh matchup, much different in yeah. terms of strength of coverage. Yeah, not. I mean, by the way, huge game in terms of the NFC, AFC South playoff oh, implications. implications. Huge. Yeah. Hello, huge. friend. Hey, guys. How's Apologies for that. Sorry, I uh, just flew in from Detroit. My arms are tired. Hey. Okay, Mike Clay. Mike what Clay. are you? I'm here. You're, Boy, you're Mike, Mike, Mike Clay's Clay getting pushed I know, out. I know. <laughs> Um, all right, well, we should, move, we should move forward. Let's just do a fresh topic because Daniel is now here and because we you covered some Jaguars, Jaguars right? ground. We did. Mm-hmm. Let's talk Los Angeles Chargers. Daniel, I pass the baton back to you. Oh, my gosh. Brutal loss for the Chargers, but a pretty great day for fantasy managers. Oh and that's God, what we yeah. care about. As long as you're not a Chargers fan, you were pretty thrilled with what you got out of Justin Herbert. 25.7 fantasy points. Yeah. Liz, part of that is because he utilized his legs. Seven games with 20 or more fantasy points so far this year. Second amongst quarterbacks. What did you think when you saw Justin Herbert this week? I thought he was furious at the amount of drops that occurred and was, I mean, you watch Justin Herbert. I've interviewed Justin Herbert. I'm sure you have too as well, Field. Um, He's a like mild-mannered bio major. He's the quietest person in the NFL. He ran angry and it was translating Mm -hmm. onto the screen. (laughs) Uh, Quentin Johnston's uh, drop was maybe the most Yikes. infuriating. Oh Keenan God. Allen made yeah. up for his with a with a late touchdown. But yes, we love. We knew that that ability was within the skill set of Justin Herbert to see him scramble for seventy three yards. Though uh, that was, by the way, the most rushing yardage he had totaled since twenty twenty one. It's pretty impressive what he's doing right now with Justin Herbert. And I saw the stat yesterday about how he is uh, the only quarterback to lose, I think, thirty games since the start of the 2020 season, maybe it was, oh. whenever whenever he was drafted, which I'm, I'm thinking, like, like, dude, Justin Herbert is far from the reason why the Chargers are losing games. By the way, 14 of those losses have been by three points or fewer, including yesterday. But the dude just remains red hot right now for fantasy purposes. He's still quarterback three in fantasy points per game. Oh, by the way, as you mentioned, like thin on targets, no Mike Williams, no Josh Palmer, no Jalen Guyton, no Gerald Everett. Yeah. He was throwing passes to players that even a room of football junkies that is the NFL war room on Sundays at ESPN right. had never heard of. Yeah. We're sitting there like, wait, what? When did Alex Erickson become a part of the Chargers organization? And he's been un- unbelievable, has Justin Herbert. And by the way, Keenan Allen, like I, there's nothing more to say, really. Just like it's an appreciation. How many guys have a career season in their early 30s like Keenan Allen? Very the few. guy is absolutely unbelievable. He's got a 40, he had a 44% target share yesterday, which not a huge surprise with all those players out. He's now up to 33% for the season, fourth highest in the NFL. He has 10 or more catches and 14 or more targets in back-to-back weeks. He leads the NFL in targets per game. He's second to Tyree Kill in receiving yards. He's going to set a career high in receiving touchdowns yep. this season. Uh, just like a moment of appreciation for the fact that a guy who's on the wrong side of 30 is having a career season. I don't know how many of us would have bet on that going into the season. What a great value. Also now over a thousand yards on the season, fifth time uh, over his last seven campaigns yep. that that has occurred. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. And he's cleared four figures in terms of receiving yardage. And he is to your earlier point as well, ranked within the top 10 at the position in nearly every relevant statistical category. The one that impressed me the most uh, according, you know, because of his age was that he is the wide receiver for 
in yards after the catch. Wow. Wide receiver four. It's at like he's 31. doing crazy. Yeah. He's doing Nuts. everything at an elite level. Part of that, obviously, is because of what you laid out field with no Jalen Guyton, no Mike Pal- or not Mike Williams, no Josh Palmer. Like it feels like you mentioned the target share. 30 targets over the last two weeks. I'm not going to be shocked if Keenan Allen, if you told me from week 11 on, Keenan Allen has a 35% target share, I'm not going to be shocked. Not I, even I, a I little I think that bit. would be amazing. So let's talk about Brock Purdy and these 49ers. He looked amazing. Highest scoring game of the year for Brock Purdy. First 49er since Joe Montana in 1989 yeah. with a perfect passer rating. I think that's pretty good, isn't and it? And Steve Young in that same season, by the way. They both had a perfect passer rating. Oh, I, I mean, didn't realize the depth that. Of that quarterback room, ridiculous. 158.3. Gosh, that is so unbelievably good. What do you do? Has Brock Purdy made his way out of the streaming Go. conversation, or is he still a streamer for you, given the fact that these upside games are more boom and not as much as like consistency? This is my exact same question. In my notes I wrote down, is he still a high-end QB2? Mm, that's... Here's, here's the issue. The 49ers don't normally have to come from behind. Mm. And I think that that yeah. is what... But they also just get ahead so, so often. Maybe this is part of it. When the 49ers have Debo Samuel... They're an absolute freight train. He's the only of the key guys that has missed a lot of time so far this season. Five straight games for Brock Purdy with 20 or more fantasy points when Debo Samuel's on the field. George Kittle is in fuego right oh. now. Brandon Ayuk had his fourth game with up over 100 receiving yards yesterday. I think the calculus should be this simple. Yes, they might. They're infrequently playing from behind, but their chances of going up by 20 points in the first half are up there with almost anybody in the NFL just because of the weapons around Brock Purdy. My hat goes off to him. He was incredible yesterday. So good. And finally, Christian McCaffrey found the end zone. <laughs> it's about time. It's, about it's such been a rarity. 14 days. So thank you, Christian McCaffrey, for actually finding the end zone for once. We can, of course, because we love him. Yeah, dude, it was Fantasy so good. MVP. Fantasy MVP, he looked fantastic. These 49ers just look unreal right now. They sure did. All right, we're going to continue our Week 11 recap field, but... First, field, let's pay some bills. Let's I'm going to start. It, How does that start off? For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. Home, auto, prize, sports memorabilia, yep. whatever you need to protect, Geico can help you help get you covered. And with the award-winning Geico mobile app, you can get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access. It's easy to Geico. Go to geico.com today. Samsung is awesome, and let me tell you why. At the Home Depot, Saturdays are about two things. Getting your party game day ready with bespoke customizable refrigerators and football. You know how packed your fridge is during game day? You have all the meats for your burgers ready to be prepared and grilled, the large avocados for the guac, a ton of chicken for the buffalo dip, and of course, all the juices and sodas for mixing. But with an innovative 32-inch touchscreen built right into the refrigerator door, you'll never have to take your eyes off the game while you're prepping your favorite football snacks. The refrigerator screen can do it all. You can schedule your next tailgate on the calendar, check your doorbell cam, and search for your favorite recipe without even leaving the kitchen. How cool is that? Plus... The Beverage Center makes staying hydrated for the game so easy thanks to a pitcher built right in that refills itself. This feature-packed smart refrigerator can't be beat just like your team. Oh, they must be Lions fans. So what are you waiting for? Upgrade your Saturday with the Home Depot. I'm so sorry, Liz. And Samsung, (laughs) how doers get more done. Back here on Fantasy Focus, making our way through the Week 11 recap field Yates, Elizabeth Loza, and yep. my name is Daniel Dopp. Sorry about Did that, Did you hear Liz. the opening of the show when I also referred to her as Elizabeth? Oh, no. I'm, I, I don't. I try not to do that. I try to call you every once in a while. I get into like a full first name thing. That's so okay. I hope Alliteration that's right. yeah. Loza. Uh, let's talk about some injuries here. A couple things that we want to just make sure of that you guys are aware of. Coming out of Week 11 on Thursday Night Football, unfortunately, Joe Burrow. Got hurt against the Ravens, tore a ligament in his throwing wrist. Unfortunately, had season, uh, it is a season-ending injury. Brutal for a guy, though, who has just worked back so hard to be able to come out of that calf injury that he had just to have this happen again. Field, knowing that Burrow was out for this year, yeah. unfortunately, we can't do anything with his fantasy value. We're wishing him the best. Hope he gets back on the field and is as strong as he can be. What does this mean for the rest of the Cincinnati Bengals in your estimation? Let's talk about the one pass catcher that we can actually count on weekly in Cincinnati, and that's Jamar Chase. Because T. Higgins, he's been hurt. Mm -hmm. He still is hurt, by the way. But even when he was healthy, 
very up and down. I mean, he had games with zero catches earlier this season, albeit when Joe Burrow himself was getting healthier as well. But for Jamar Chase, a guy that we'd have easily inside our top five of wide receivers basically every single week is going to be clinging on to top 20 value. Now, he's awesome. He's startable because he's Jamar Chase, capital J, capital C. That being said, Jake Browning is about as inexperienced of a backup as there is in the entire NFL. Yep. He had never thrown a pass in the NFL coming into this season. He's a journeyman. He has been very much like a practice squad back and forth type of player. So uh, we saw a little bit this past Thursday night, but not nearly enough for me to say to yourself to myself. All right. Yeah. You know, what? I'm definitely sold on Jake Browning. Like he's got the goods to keep this offense somewhere afloat. So Liz, we better hope that the Bengals faith in Jake Browning, because they have not addressed that second quarterback spot prior to this, even when Joe Burrow was dealing with that calf injury back in training camp is well-placed and he can help keep Jamar chase in like the 12 to 18 points per week range. Well, I believe that Jake Browning will be christened by T.J. Watt. Mm, good mm. luck next mm. week uh, because the Bengals will. How host the Steelers, Steelers only play bad quarterbacks? Yeah. It is Anyways, interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. I think you're right, though. I, I might have Chase a little closer to my top 15. We did see that fourth quarter score. I think this obviously bodes well for Mixon in terms of volume. We saw him get going a little bit more mm. on last Thursday night. I did read some Jake Browning scouting notes. Now he was drafted, I think. No, he wasn't drafted. Undrafted. undrafted yeah. 2019 out of Washington. Yeah. Um, not great arm strength, decent accuracy, but not particularly deep, obviously, because of the arm strength. And I'm wondering, mm. per, also, as it relates, so maybe I'm stretching here, as it relates to T. Higgins' injury, we see a little bit more in a little more PPR value out of Tyler Boyd. Okay, I can buy that. Yeah, and he's been pretty solid of right. late. He had a quiet Thursday night, but um, He'll yeah. He, I guess he can stay in some flex range. You may not yeah. need him next week with the no teams on by, but an interesting um, experiment moving forward. Let's call it an experiment time. that's a little bit more optimistic. Tough time for this offense in general, yep. though. Yeah, Although really sad is. girl shots happening yeah. in Cincy now, mm, for yes, sure. Yes, it is. That is absolutely happening. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Rams. Cooper Cup left this one early, unfortunately. Early. Injured his ankle. Yeah. Head coach said, uh, Sean McVay said he was trying to get back in the game. They just didn't feel super great about it. In because his, it was the same ankle that he got the tightrope surgery uh, right. on. Right ankle. Yeah. In, in his place, you had Tutu Wetwell and Puka Nakua and Austin Trammell come on and yeah, basically course, do not? some things. Yeah, well, just to throw another guy out there. <laughs> yeah. Field, did you notice anything? Once Cooper Cup went out, I was expecting Puka Nakua to be the guy. I, I thought Tutu Wetwell was going to continue to get some targets. Did you see anything with this offense without Cooper Cup that made you feel like I needed to take note of that? No, they completed 17 passes yesterday. Yeah, they scored good. 17 points as well in a very defense-focused game. We'll very much hope for the best with Cooper Cup here. The fact that he was not immediately declared out makes me think he's got an ankle sprain. Whether it's a high or low ankle sprain, we'll find out. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he was on the sideline in the second half gives me a glimmer of hope that he could return if not in week 12, then maybe by week 13 or 14. Also important that the Rams won, by the way, to keep their season. Yeah. I don't think playoff hopes are alive in L.A., but just the fact that they are on the field competing uh, sort of depresses the possibility of Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford being on the sideline late in the year. Uh, same game, by the way. Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker III leave for Seattle. Geno ends up returning on the final drive of the game and almost leads an heroic effort. I mean, the guy's elbow got just crushed by Aaron Donald. Uh, and what ends up happening is they miss a 55 yard field goal at the yeah. end of the game. So they play Thursday night against yep. San Francisco. Yep. You got to figure Geno Smith is going to be very iffy to play in that game. And then KW, the th third, I mean, Kenneth Walker, the third left the game early. Zach Charbonnet played over 85% of the snaps. Got to be the most that. valuable waiver wire ad of the week. Right. Liz? This week. Yes. Yes. There's, there's no doubting that. And we already saw that uh, Zach Charbonnet was increasing. His snaps were increasing every single week. And we discussed it on last week's show as yep. well. So yep. it looks like there might be a little bit, at least momentarily, for a tide turn. One last note is it as it relates to Puka Nakua, he averaged 9.8 receptions, 13 targets, and 125.3 receiving yards in the four games without Cup to begin this yep. year. Wow. All right. But that offense is just like, I know Seattle's secondary. Mike did warn us. But man, that's that that LA offense leash did not look good. Not good at all. Not they get Kyron good Williams back though as soon as this week. I don't know who they play offhand. I'm sure Pulse knows and I don't. Uh, but yeah, we better hope for the best. Yeah, fingers crossed on that one. One more running back here, Devon Achan. Oh my God. All right, here's what Mike McDaniel said. He kind of got landed on and it was a little painful. He was politicking, trying to come back in the game, but I was a little worried with all that rust. So once that happened, Field, uh, it, Raheem Mostert took on a bigger workload after he went down, in part because 
Jeff Wilson Jr. did not play in this game either. Props to you, Field, because you called this on Thursday's show heading in saying, look at this snap share. I don't think that Jeff Wilson will even make the field. You Just not room for four. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there would be if uh, Devon Achan's out this upcoming week. They play on Friday. So a short week. The first mm-hmm. Friday first game, Black Friday game yeah. since uh, the first Black Friday game ever. The first Friday game since Christmas a few years ago when Alvin mm-hmm. Kamara had six touchdowns and my wife and I were oh playing against gosh. each other in the oh. fantasy playoffs. Made for a Merry Christmas for one of us. I felt like the Grinch um, in that moment. <laughs> but she yes, really care, she crushed me. It was, she was laughing at me. Um, but anyways, uh, as it pertains to uh, Devon Achan, like this one, it just sucks, right? Like the, yeah. the process was to play Devon Achan because he's Devon bleeping Achan. The hope, and this is the hope more long-term and short-term. It's just like, what we hope with Devon Achan is that his career, and we're so early on into it, right? But this is the third time he's been banged up mm-hmm. in about half a season, right? Mm-hmm. Preseason, he gets hurt in the game. Week, what, one or, sorry, week uh, five or six, five. he gets hurt again, yeah. right? So third time he's gotten banged up. He's a smaller guy, right? He is probably more vulnerable, but the Dolphins seem to very much err on the side of caution. The only thing that I will say about this going forward is if he is dealing with this injury now again is that maybe when Devon Achan returns, they're never going to make him like an 18-touch-per-game guy, which right. he showed us he doesn't need 18 touches but while as fast and as remarkable as he is in this offense is, it was going to be hard to sustain top 10 running back value with more like six to 12 touches Single per game. Touches, so yeah. um, definitely going to be on the fantasy radar and definitely started once he gets back. But I wouldn't be surprised if Miami is very mindful about his touches the rest of this regular season because they do have big playoff goals. I'm interested on the short week, as Field pointed out. Um, they put the Jets too. Most, yep. That's exactly where I was going. What Mostert is going to do, we only saw... He only caught one ball, I believe, in this game. But, you know, the yeah. Dolphins were leading for most of the game, so yeah. game flow would dictate that's not much of an issue. And if you are going to attack the Jets, you can do it as a running back via the air. There's no A-chan. We already know that Mostert carried the ball, like, what, 22 times for 86 yards, right? Um, he could see some decent looks through the air, I feel like, on Friday. And maybe people might look at the matchup at the Jets and say, like, oh, that's going to be tough. But I think there might be some sneaky value in there. Jets, for- are, Jets have got a... They are, as a team, trying to get as many W's together so that Aaron Rodgers has a chance to come back. They all want this it, to be a thing that he could potentially do. I mean, yeah. Doesn't but, feel like it. I mean, they, they can't score touchdowns. I know. But I know. Uh, they are very tough defensively. Uh, yesterday, I know they got lit up, but still, they are really gritty defensively. Uh, the Cardinals are the next team for the Rams. So, if Matthew Stafford... And Cooper Cup are available next week. Cooper Cup, obviously, is the questionable one here. That would be an opportunity for them to get right. We will see on Cooper Cup, as Stefania always reminds us, nobody more transparent with injuries than Sean McVay. We got a couple of Packers running backs as well. Aaron Jones and Emmanuel Wilson both carted off to the locker room. Matt LaFleur said, I don't think this is going to be long-term when talking about Aaron Jones. Here's the thing that you got to keep in mind, though. Thursday night football, short week. Aaron, A.J. Dillon was the guy that took the bulk of the l- workload, finishing with 18 touches. If you don't have Aaron Jones... Do they play your Lions this week? They play the Detroit Lions okay, yeah. Early, short week. Yeah, okay. So uh, Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Can't wait Day. for that one. Uh, yeah. Nice little meal um, on <laughs> I'm not going to feel super great about A.J. D- he wasn't very inspiring right now. Correct. No, That's because Jaden Reed actually led the oh backfield in rushing yards, and he's not a running back. He's Crazy. a wide receiver. We'll talk about that's that. Insane. So, like, <laughs> we always say that, like, you know, fantasy football is like the the mesh point of of opportunity and talent. Yep. AJ Dillon did not maximize that no opportunity meshing. with Aaron Jones out earlier this season. So no. while he has a very clear opportunity, I'm not sure the upside is nearly as significant as you might think for a guy who in week 12 is all of a sudden, once again, a starting running back. Lions yeah. also allowing a YPC of 3.7 to opposing rushers. That's not good. Not good. No, not that great for a guy good. who's already inefficient. Unless your name <laughs> is Justin Fields, you are having a hard yeah. time running against the Detroit Lions. Yeah. I'll tell you, you what. survived him yesterday though, buddy. That's right. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Field Jates, Liz Loza, Daniel Dot, making our way through the Week 11 recap. Let's talk about Kyler Murray. Second game back this week. If you grabbed him, Field, second straight game with a rushing touchdown. Quarterback 12 in his first week. Quarterback yep. 7 as of right now. Yep. He'll be, so he'll be a top 10 guy here yep. this week. If you grabbed Kyler off of waivers, you basically got yourself a free top 12 quarterback in Week 10. Do you think that this yeah. can continue, this type of production from Kyler rest of the season? He now has eight straight games with 30 or more rushing yards 
if you exclude the game in which he got hurt in the first quarter against yes. the Patriots last year and tore his ACL, right? Uh, but not only that, I mean, he looked good throwing the football once again yesterday. So you basically give him like a three-point buffer every time he steps onto the field, right? Because of that rushing upside for Kyler. And by the way, 30 is the floor. It could be 60 or 70 in a given game because of his speed. And then while I know that this offense is still lacking like difference making players in the receiving core, he threw the ball well enough again yesterday, completed two thirds of his passes, opened the game with a moonshot to Rondell Moore. You guys remember Jonathan Gannon going up to Rondell Moore when they first met this offseason? It was the video that like could not stop being played. And he was like, Rondell shot plays. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> it came to life yesterday. Yeah, it really first did. First play of the game, or one of the first plays of the game, a 48-yard moonshot to Rondell Moore. So thrilled about Kyler's uh, value now, Liz. And you either did one of two things. So Daniel's point, you either added a top 12 quarterback or you added a super valuable trade chip. Yep. And given the quarterbacks that have been sidelined, yeah. what incredible value at a position that you always think is deep anyway and has not been in 2023. I love that you mentioned the passing game for the Cardinals because we said on fantasy football now, right, that this was a a work in progress and we expected it to progress steadily in week 11. uh, His completion percentage improved from 59% to 66%. So again, a work in progress has the Rams in week 12. And he's trying to get these pass catchers involved, Liz. Trey McBride, again, another week in which he is a, an integral part of this passing game. Seven targets again. What did you think? You're our tight end whisperer mm. on FF Now at South well, He doesn't come on this show, though. So right now I call you our tight end whisperer. I did not get the whispers from Greg Dortch. I'm gonna be honest. I'll tell you what. Field, you could have let us know that was in the yeah. script. We could all pivot it a little bit. I, My apologies I feel for like withholding I'm a fairly intuitive person who can yeah. like feel things and I'm fairly empathic, but Greg Dortch's little spirit did not come into Liz Lowe's brain. It was Trey McBride's week. Yeah. Trey McBride's week. And it wasn't. It was as well. But wow. Yeah. We should have known that when Adam Schefter tweeted on Saturday night that Michael Wilson was unlikely to play for the Cardinals, it would mean something because that meant that Rondell Moore moved from outside of, moved from the slot to the outside. You're so smart. I love it. No, this, this is hat tip the pulse here. Greg Dortch, who is diminutive. He makes Kyler Murray look big. Can't play on the perimeter. Nope. So Rondell Moore can. So what the crazy part about Rondell Moore, Moore's day is he had that one catch, 48 yards and a touchdown. That was his last target of the day. No that was way. It. Didn't have another catch or target the rest of the way. Meanwhile, Greg Dortch ends up with eight targets out of the slot. So if you're wondering, is this Greg Dortch thing real? No, unless <laughs> Michael Wilson's out again next week. This means, though, to me, good things for Rondell Moore, assuming that Michael Wilson is back, because there's going to be that slot connection with Kyler Murray. So while I guess he paid off yesterday, I mean, you'll take nearly 12 fantasy points from uh, Rondell Moore. Like, there might be even better, more consistent floor and even upside with Rondell Moore playing from the slot. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Would love that heading into the second half of the fantasy season. I think that would be great to be able to add a yeah. little bit more from these Arizona Cardinals. Let's move ahead and talk about the Steelers, if you guys don't mind. <laughs> Let's do it. I want to talk about these running backs. Jalen Warren broke off a 74-yard touchdown run, Crazy. which looked fantastic. But Najee had the edge in snaps and touches. He got more opportunities. He just had less 74-yard touchdown runs, which is really how it worked out. Because other than that, it was basically a split in volume again this Total week. Total touches, though. I think Warren had one less touch right. if you're counting receiving receptions. This is well. still a committee. It's yeah. just which one of these guys is going to potentially break it big any given week field. How do you feel about these mm-hmm. two running backs? Cause they're both getting the same amount of usage. Uh, so when Liz and I were talking about Trevor Lawrence at the beginning of the show, we were talking about whether Trevor's one big game can be like the, the dam being broken. And all of a sudden he becomes this great player for the stretch of the season for the Steelers. The question is kind of in that range for me. They basically played close to 50% of the snaps. Najee at 58, Jalen Warren at 44. So Najee does get the edge, but very similar in terms of total utilization, touches-wise. Yep. Jalen Warren is a big play waiting to happen. He's become a darling of everybody who watches the Steelers yep. and everybody who watches him and is on Twitter. We all love Jalen Warren for good reason. He is awesome. The question that I have, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers... And by the way, Najee Harris himself admitted the offense is trash yesterday, is that if you are as trash as Pittsburgh is on offense and the streak lives are now 10 for 10 in terms of being outgained by their opponents in games this season, do you say to yourself, 
So we've got this one guy. We've got, you know, we've got the Camaro that's in the garage. And then we've got, like, you know, the beat-down pickup truck that's in the driveway. That was too, was that too unkind? Okay, fine. Uh, You've got the minivan in the driveway. Minivan's passable, right? Very useful. Like, can take on a ton of miles. Like, great for carpooling. Not so great if you're trying to explode for big plays. Do you maybe bring the Camaro out more frequently? And if you're the Steelers, at some point... Even though one guy was a first round pick and one guy was undrafted, doesn't matter anymore. Don't you, like scholarship is over, right? Yeah. Don't yeah. you have to play Jalen more and more? You, you you have to. Will they though? Is the big question. So far this season, I have no reason to believe that they will because Warren's been by the eye test appreciably better than Najee Harris. But I'm just hoping that with games like this, it moves us closer and closer to Jalen Warren being not just a starter, but like the sixty to forty percent of the snap edge guy as well. Well, and the numbers bear it out because. You can hear the haters, as few as there may be, yeah. saying that the 74-yard run is has inflated uh, Warren's numbers, right? But he's had at least one run over 20 yards for three straight games. Oh, yeah. So now it is not becoming an anomaly. It is becoming the consistent data. That's part of the, the narrative, right? Is that ah. like Najee doesn't have that big play ups and mm-hmm. Najee's not breaking it for 55 yards and a touchdown. No, he averaged 2.9 yards per carry. Yeah. You got me going. So you said four straight games with a 20 plus yard three. run. Three for Jalen Warren. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many games this season Najee Harris is a 20 plus yard. Okay. He's got five games with a 20 plus yard run this season. But Najee's longest run this season also 25 yards, right? So it's like he can so get you just like over right 25, yeah. Yeah. whereas Jalen Warren can, can hit that home it, run. Yeah. Yes, he is. Man. Uh, it's, 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 it's tough, though. And the part that's like equally tough is that they're so bad on offense that they can't even throw the ball to Deontay Johnson or George Pickens. I was talking to my friend yesterday, and admittedly he's a Browns fan, so I, I think he enjoys right. this Pittsburgh Steelers uh, offense being so bad. But think about all the bad quarterbacks right now around the NFL – you're like, what they would do? What would Tommy DeVito do to throw the ball to George Pickens and Deontay Johnson? Point. Mm-hmm. And Pat Fryermuth mm-hmm. and have two running backs that you at least utilize a lot. Like you would you would do anything to have those players for the Giants. I mean, well, Kenny Pickett can't get them going. Kenny Pickett can't throw touchdowns. It's un, like, I, I don't know what to say anymore right I, now. I'm, I think that's my question. Like right now, it feels like this offense is so much about these two running backs that with Deontay Johnson, especially last week, one catch for 17 yards. This week, two catches for 16 yards. But Are it we was at a bad sp- matchup for sure? It was. Are we at the spot, though, where you're considering benching your Steelers wide receivers yes. until yeah. further notice? I have yeah. Deontay Johnson. Yeah. And I am going to sit him. Yeah. That one have hurts more it. because he's, his, his target share is going to be steadier. But the problem for Pittsburgh is they play in the AFC North. Like, they don't play bad defenses. Like, right. bad matchups are going to be a thing for Pittsburgh. I don't know that Cincinnati is as bad of a matchup as – I know they are not as bad of a matchup as Cleveland is. Yesterday, Cleveland was, again, terrific defensively. But I think that, like, every week you're going to have to ask yourself, can the Steelers score touchdowns? I don't care if, I mean, who, whoever the worst defense in the NFL is, like even against them, you'd have some worse. That's it, because where are the points going to come from? I don't, Vegas I mean, has this over-under, uh, the Steelers game, uh, the Steelers-Bengals game, at 34 and a half. Oof. Where are the points going to, for 34 and a half is what it's opening at. Gross. Where are the points going to come from? Yeah. So, yeah. One carry over, over 25 yards over the last two years, Najee. by the way, for Najee. Yeah. Um, what's the over-under for uh, Patriots-Giants this week? Do you know? Gross. I will look it up. While you um, look it up, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot us forward to another AFC team. Yeah. Thirty three and a half. Friend. Ooh, that's gonna be one of the lowest ever, right? Thirty three and a half. Lowest in a while. All right. Speaking of AFC North, Browns offense yeah. got DTR under center this week, which means we were looking at a lot of the running backs. To be honest, field Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah, it didn't feel super inspiring to me. How did you look at this? I mean, I thought DTR was, once again, kind of what I saw the first time around. Like, they're just not going to score a lot of points. And I know Deshaun has been very underwhelming, but they were better offensively with Deshaun than they were yesterday, obviously, with DTR. How about this, though? Jerome Ford and Cremont both end up with 12 carries. Ford turns us into 21 yards and a touchdown. Um, Pulse may be able to confirm this. I am almost positive that Jerome Ford had three or four straight carries goal to go situation that led to that one touchdown. Yeah. Like it was like to get those yeah. like three yards, Yeah, three goal to go carries. Yeah. Three go- by back to back to back. back so back, it back. was yeah. the hard earned touchdown of the day there for Jerome Ford, but he barely played after the first two drives. Yep. He had 10 touches on the first 15 plays and then played four snaps. Excuse me. Had four touches, the remaining 58 plays. So um, I look at both of these guys is like, 
like low end. They're flex plays with low upside. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have to score to pay off. Jerome Ford had just two catches yesterday for eight yards. Five targets, though. Which that's decent. Yes, definitely worthwhile. But I just don't see a lot of upside because how bad this offense is. Do you see more or less upside in the wide receivers without Deshaun than you do in the running backs? Because it felt like it was just sort of bad all the way around. You got some volume. I mean, they were trying to get trying to get yeah, in Joku. 15 targets yesterday. Yeah. 15 targets for Njoku. I mean, wow. and that's... A, He's got 22 in two games of DTR. That's, that's a pretty crazy. good narrative. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a young so quarterback reaching for about. your tight end, right? We, yep. we are committing that narrative. Yeah. I guess it could be worse from that perspective. Maybe we've got ourselves a fringe yeah. tight end one. As yeah. Tell me if you've heard that phrase before Never. around here. No. All right. Field Jates, Liz Loza, Daniel Dopp here. Making our way through the week 11 recap. Guys, let's talk about CJ Stroud. Field, I'm going to say something. I don't want to invalidate the way that you feel, but I'm frustrated with CJ Stroud's turnovers. Oh, yeah, yeah. This one was tough for me. Uh, he he, was, he's your guy. I know. You can't be frustrated now. I'm allowed to be frustrated okay. still. Right. Three turnovers this week. Here's what I love. CJ Stroud, he's still just awesome. I love his, his comments about Steph Curry. He's like, hey, is Steph going to stop shooting? Basically, yep. I this paraphrasing. He's like, then I'm going to keep slinging it. Yep. yep. So he's out there throwing the ball. I love seeing him get everybody involved within this offense. I actually, my question is more about the pass catchers than yeah. it is about CJ Stroud. Oh, really? Are you, I know that that was a callback joke to Josh Allen, but are you really upset when he throws, when he passes for over 300 yards? Uh, no, when he okay. passes for over 300, I, I'm frustrated. I just want to be clear. Yeah. I was not in studio for this uh, discussion. The only reason I'm frustrated is because what do you get? 14 fantasy points? 15.3. Yeah. So yeah. if you add on the six fantasy points that he lost, that 21 point day feels a lot better. But yeah, when you're talking about a guy that's throwing for 300 plus yards and again. multiple touchdowns again, you feel pretty good about that as a rookie. Yeah. And I would say this is that like it actually kind of validates what the sort of counter was for Patrick Mahomes in terms of the upside. And I guess Mahomes has to show it this season a little more than he has. But like if CJ Stroud has zero interceptions yesterday, we're talking about a 21.3 fantasy points effort. Yep. Totally fine. Less than Kyler Murray. Like we're talking about CJ Stroud played unbelievable, right? You're like, wow, 336, two touchdowns, no picks. That's a remarkable effort. And it would only be 21.3 fantasy points. So again, Patrick Mahomes has to prove that he can also surpass that number. But it's like if there is a an extent to the concern for CJ Stroud for fantasy purposes. Correct. It's that when you don't run. Okay. Turnovers are just so costly towards your upside. So your issue was about the lack of rushing. Well, that was the Mahomes versus is that he's got 286 rushing yards to CJ Stroud's now. I I don't know how many he had yesterday. Maybe like 88 for the season, right? Negative one yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So 80, I think it was 86 going into the game. So he's down to 85 85 for the year when Mahomes, you know, could be over 300 by the end of the game tonight. Yeah, if we could use just a little bit, just give me a couple rushes a game, CJ Stroud, to be able to elevate some of that. Yeah, but it's working so well otherwise. Like, I don't know why the Texans are going to be motivated to incorporate runs when CJ is just surgically slicing up these defenses. I know he had three picks yesterday, people, but it was so impressive. And part of the reason why is because they've got a full-blown star at wide receiver as well. And Nathaniel Tank Dell, the local kid, the Love Houston it. product who goes out and crushes yesterday. Once again, he now has 24 targets over the past two games with about 60 fantasy points over the past two games. Liz, super star Tank Dell. Double digit targets, even with Nico Collins back. Yeah, yep. that was big. Having that Nico back huge. and getting it. Yep. He was second in team targets behind Nico, but led the offense uh, catching eight of 10 for 149 and that touch on another long, uh, another long catch of around 40 yards. Beautiful to see. I mean, he, I think you're right field. He is vetted. He is a star. I played him in the focus league um, and it, it is working out. I don't, I, he is unsittable right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how you sit tank Dell. I guess my question now is fantasy points, almost, almost 29. He's had a couple of beautiful games in a row. The problem for me is that Nico Collins still getting volume here, but I think there's at least a little bit of a conversation are we making the switch that Tank Dell is going to be the wide receiver one in this team that we're going to rank ahead of Nico Collins? Or do you think it doesn't matter with the amount of volume that gets thrown around in this offense? I think so for this reason. The Texans don't throw to their running backs. So if C.J. Stroud is going to throw the ball 35 to 40 times per game, yep. and Tank Dell is going to command a target share between 20 and 22 or 25%, depending on the week, that could be 8, 9, 10 targets every single Sunday. Yep. 
and it would not come at the cost of Nico Collins right. or Dalton Schultz, who found the end zone again yesterday. So you might just have this really, really saturated offense. We'll see what this looks like when Noah Brown is back, but it's kind of like two alpha receivers, a tight end who are all based off volume, going to be startable every single week. Yep. A dot higher, obviously, for Tank Dell is the smaller guy and Nico Collins. I'm interested to see the red zone looks when they're both healthy. Yeah. I would I would assume that in my mind Nico I'm, Collins I'm, would see more because he's six foot four, yeah, not five foot eight. The right? assumption for the I'd like guy. to see the numbers on that and see if it will uh, confirm my biases, if you will. Who are you not starting from this Texans team right now in Week Eleven? You're probably starting C.J. Stroud, Damian Pierce. You're starting, yeah, right. you're starting Devin Singletary with the way he's played the last couple of weeks, yeah. right? Yeah. He's been awesome with Damian Pierce out, and yeah. both of these wide receivers we just mentioned, Nick, uh, Nico Collins and Tank Dell and yeah. Dalton Schultz. I mean, this is a what team a huge game they had this weekend, too. dude. Jaguars. Texans, massive. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be a very big one. Very fun to be able to watch that one. This Texans team, just from, forget fantasy for a second. I know we say this every single week. I'm just so proud of these guys. If I was, I'm so pumped for fans of the Texans because I can imagine that they came into the season thinking, boy, we are in for the long haul. I'll say it until the cows come home or the draft takes place on uh, April 28th. If you are a team that has a bad year right now, you are one draft away from turning everything around. Houston Texans absolutely proving that this year. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus. Field Jates, Liz Loza, Daniel Dot making our way through the week 11 recap. Mm-hmm. Guys, let's talk about, oh, is Mike here? Mike, did Mike not show up for this Packers pass catchers conversation? Ooh, wow. Yikes. You know what? We all get a little bit of something. I got a little bit of something and Mike got a little bit of something. Yeah, this, one of, was, this one was interesting. Jerry, yeah. everybody got in the end zone. Here's how it works. It was sort of like the Oprah of, yes. of wide receivers. Is Make what it was. that Oprah rap. You got a Look touchdown. You. you got a touchdown. You got a touchdown. Jaden Reed gets in the end zone through the ground. Liz, you alluded to that earlier on a 42-yard end around, got in the end zone. Also had Romeo Dobbs, five catches for 53 yards and a touchdown. And Christian Watson, two for 21 and a touchdown as well. Christian Watson actually targeted the least out of all of these pass catchers. It's ain't happening. It, it ain't happening. It's happening with this quarterback. Nope, not happening. It's not happening for two reasons. One, the vertical connection remains a problem. That's Second it. of all, and by the way, great win for the Packers yesterday. Impressive. Oh my Horrible so for the Bears, that. by the way, to see them lose to the Lions and then on this other screen over, watch the Packers pull out Sorry. this win over the Chargers. Uh, but I will say this. They've got depth now wide receiver. In the final year last year with Aaron Rodgers, it was like Christian Watson versus Alan Lazard versus Randall Cobb for targets, right? Now it's Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks had three separate catches, I believe 25 yards yesterday, another draft pick from Virginia. You know, they've got a third round tight end and Tucker Kraft from South Dakota State, also a productive part of this passing game in the future, I believe. So the depth of the of the Packers pass catchers, even though they're all like 21 and younger, is I think partly costing Christian Watson is that he is no longer as clearly the alpha in the group as he was last year when he had the husks of Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis to compete against for targets, right? Like it's a youth infusion. That was mean again, wasn't it? Well, I want to say this. Well, it's funny that you said that because as you said it, it was like, boy, it's funny because of all the people that Aaron Rodgers wanted to follow him. It was those old guys that he had already been playing with. But like, it's weird how like Rodgers used to complain about not getting enough weapons and then bringing every single one of them. Of those old, that part was weird. That part was strange. I didn't really understand that. I don't know. We're at the spot though. We've talked about this. Yeah. I have zero confidence when I start a Packers wide receiver, if you have to do it, hopefully it's in a 14 or a 16 team I don't league. agree with that. You have confidence? I think that if you have looked at Jaden Reed's emergence over the past few weeks, you're seeing um, a rapport and a connectivity with his quarterback. I think Reed is actually stabilizing Jordan Love and that is building trust. And also not just with his quarterback who needs stabilization and trust, but also with the coaching staff and we're seeing him being used out of the backfield. I think that instead of focusing, and I'm sorry, Mike Clay, but instead of like waiting on the Christian Watson breakout that does not seem to be happening, why aren't we focusing on the Jaden Reed emergence? I guess we could do that. Maybe we could put a little positivity into this Packers wide receiving core. I mean, I like to do this with rookies, though. They're not all going to pop. You want to look at their end of season run. I think we're getting something here heading into next year. It would not surprise me if he is the wide receiver two, wide receiver one on this offense potentially. That's fair. That's fair. Back to back games over 19 fantasy points. Have we reached the point where we're giving a little love for love? Field love James? for love. I mean, we're still not there yet. Minimizing mistakes. Yeah. I mean, I th- I, again, gritty performance yesterday. I'm, I'm happy for them. Uh, the fact that they are not going to have Aaron Jones maybe opens up the passing game a little bit. 
Uh, but I don't feel super confident in Jordan Love as a streaming option in Week 12 when you have all 32 teams playing. I also did not feel super confident in Week 11 on Fantasy Football Now when I was like, which quarterback do you want to suggest? And when you're trying to look at guys that are rostered and less for 50% of leagues, it is brutal yeah. if you had to play Jordan no, Love I mean, this week. Way, he's, he's found a couple of efforts. Hey, at least got you 20 Quarterback fantasy nine going into Monday Night Football. Hey, you love that. That's not that yeah. bad, actually. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at that, he's at least going to be a, uh, well, I don't know. Is one of these two quarterbacks in Monday Night Football not going to be top 10 this week? Man, that would be tough. I don't want to speak it into existence. I just there's going to be one of those games where it's either 45 to 48 or it's going to be like 19 to 17, and it's going to be. It so does frustrating. feel like oftentimes when we talk about a game, like it's going to be a shootout of the century. It never is the and shootout of the like, century. Like, like the you know, never. Game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Right? Yes. yes. Right. So we need this to be more like Rams, uh, Chiefs, the game that was going to be played in Mexico City that got moved to L.A. Oh, like right. four or five years ago. Jared yeah. Goff, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, please. We need that game. 54-51. I mean, I think we'd all be happy with that tonight. Yep. All right. Let's talk about the Giants really quickly. There is a guy that you can utilize here. There might be two now in this offense, but uh-huh. there's definitively one. And that is Saquon Barkley, in spite of the fact that there is nobody else on this offense to even give the football to when you'd think the defense would just put all 11 guys in the box. Saquon still finished with 30 fantasy points this week. Unbelievable. And the part of the, I mean, the big reason why was because he mashed as a receiver. He had mm-hmm. four catches for 57 yards and two touchdowns. The hard thing for a defense is that no coordinator is going to run a defense where it's like, okay, I've got this top cornerback. I'm going to put him on Saquon Barkley. They're right. always going to put linebackers, maybe safeties on running backs. And Saquon, uh, we can have a debate about the merits of paying running backs and all that stuff, but he is a truly gifted pass catcher. Mm. And I'm not talking about just little dump offs out of the backfield. Like his, one of his touchdowns, it's like a long, like down the field throw from Tommy DeVito, a drop in the bucket. And you're like, dang, if you put an eight as opposed to a two as the first number in Saquon's jersey, 86 on 26, you'd be like, that's just a wide receiver. So unbelievable day for Saquon Barkley, Uh, some signs of life for this Giants team. And for the Patriots this week. So yep. while the Patriots have been good against uh, running backs in terms of on the ground yards per attempt, uh, this defense is not the defense of old. Perhaps another big day for Saquon is in store. Just a reminder of why a guy like that continues to hold value. Like even if you have some frustrating weeks throughout the season because of the passing game and because of the big play propensity for Saquon Barkley, you're you like that word? Yeah. Thank big you. play propensity was big brilliant. Play propensity. Yes. Um, I'm not the Ivy Leaguer in the room, but um, every once in a while I have some good words. Uh, yes, that's why Saquon Barkley remains a fantasy star. You know Can what? I ask you a quick I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. no, Can no, I ask no. you a quick question? And I know you're going to do your rankings show later in the week, but I'm not going to be here for it. So no, selfishly, we'll you. Yeah. thank you. With 12 teams, yeah. uh, all, with, with, all, with no teams on by in week 12, 12 yeah. are you thinking Saquon Barkley top 12, 10, 8, 5? I think 10. Yep. All right. 10. Yeah, Same. I'd have to like... I know you're going to do 30 it. 30 seconds to think about it, but 10, like that would be the floor. Be my guess. Okay. Where you're at. Yeah. All right. That's fair. What about Brian Robinson? Where's this is actually last? important. This is important here, I think. So uh, he ends up with 20.3 fantasy points, 20.1. He had seven catches for 58 yards. Through the year again. Now, again, what happened yesterday? They're playing behind against the Giants, which nobody expected, playing from behind against the Giants. <laughs> and so with no Antonio Gibson yep. yesterday, remember, mm-hmm. he missed practice, I believe, every day last week. They play on Thursday against the Cowboys. Yep. What are the chances that the commanders are down again to the Cowboys playing at home, the Cowboys at home on Thanksgiving and is Antonio Gibson. It's obviously it's way too early to tell Can whether they'll be chances? available. 100%. Okay. <laughs> they're playing I, just, I just wanted to get the yes. Okay. It is. And definitely. if they're playing with the lead is because Brian Robbins has probably found the end zone a couple times. It's like runner, they got right? the ball first yeah. and they accidentally scored on the first drive. That's so why. If yeah. there's no Antonio Gibson in week 12, then the chances of Brian Robinson being a top 15 running back in my rankings this week are pretty darn high. Pretty high. Pretty high because he's going to probably lead the team in rushing attempts. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's going to lead the team in rushing attempts. And the dump-off city is there. Like, it's just going to be there. The Cowboys, by the way, awesome in the secondary, even without Trevon Diggs. Amazing how they have held up defensively. Shout out to Deron Bland. Like, dude is just unbelievable. Four, four, yeah. four pick, sixes. pick sixes this season. That's Ridiculous. incredible. Tied for the NFL record for yep. most in one season. So, yeah, Brian Robinson, 78% snap share yesterday. No Antonio Gibson means massive, massive floor and ceiling for B-Rob. Led the team in targets. It's been yeah. awesome this year. And I get it. Like, 
Jahan Dotson and, and Terry McLaurin still like, you know, the mystifying players. Dotson, Dotson did find the ends. I think he had one catch for one yard and a touchdown yesterday. Three catches oh, for 23 yards. It was and a one for a touchdown for a while oh, wow. yesterday. Yep. And then That's he ends up with it. two more. So uh, not ideal for Jahan Dotson. Not ideal. No, it was not. And, and Terry McLaurin. By the way, ideal. yeah, I was going to say, I didn't even I want to bring him. it up with I that. I know he's so good. I would love to what be. What was his final stat line yesterday, Liz? 543. Mm. That's like the most Terry McLaurin, not himself. That's the most Terry McLaurin fantasy stat line ever. Yep. How many targets? Eight? Um, Six? Four. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Terry McLaurin, seven. 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 So five, five catches, seven. 43 yards, yep. seven targets. Makes me sad to think that Terry McLaurin doesn't deserve better. He Third does deserve better. Targets. Third in team targets Ugh. without a Dory Jackson. On five the for 43? What's Ugh. going on there? Why do you think that is? I, I'm, I'm not even going to bother. Dump off city is what yeah, it is. It is. I'm not going to offer, an, and I, I have no idea. It's He's too good to get five for 43 with seven targets. Yeah, I don't understand that. That is frustrating. Yeah. Uh, the only other guy that was in that backfield just really quickly was Chris Rodriguez. I don't really feel anything about we need to add him or anything that he's doing within he's this offense. Insurance to Brian Robinson, yep. because not only is Antonio Gibson hurt right now, but if Brian Robinson does get injured and Antonio Robinson, sorry, Antonio Gibson is back. I think it actually would be Chris Rodriguez getting more carries than Antonio Gibson because we have seen Rodriguez actually handle a decent chunk of carries on a couple of different occasions. Yep. It does not yeah. catch out of yeah. the backfield. Yeah. Yes, right. he does not. Yep. Let's talk about the Chicago Bears team so that we yeah. can get a little bit of Bears love okay. in here for Liz. Bears love or Lions love him. Yeah. Liz, DJ Moore looked fantastic. Seven for 96 and a touchdown on nine targets. Do you think that as long as Justin Fields is under center, DJ Moore is a lineup lock? I do. And you know what? Pulse and I were watching this game in the war room together. Pulse made an excellent stab. shouts to you, Pulse, uh, point in that Justin Fields stepped up in the pocket, confidently connected with Moore for that touchdown, and looked look, looked legit. Didn't look like a, like a rushing quarterback who got lucky once, yeah. right? We're starting to see some of the dual usage, the, the you know, I don't want it like the varied skill set, if you will, out of uh, Justin Fields. And obviously we know that there's chemistry between he and Moore and it's starting to work. How yeah. about this? Eight. Did you use that? 18 carries? Nope. Not yet. 18 carries for Justin Fields yesterday. The most by any quarterback in a game in over two calendar years. What? But this is what we did last year. It's so frustrating to me because mm. let the kid run. And then when he has the moments, allow him the confidence and headspace to step up confidently in the yeah. pocket and connect with his number one receiver. I, I think maybe the time off with the thumb injury helped at least reset the brain and also maybe reset the coaching staff in which we're allowing this kid to do his thing. We said this on FF Now last week, too, as it pertains to fantasy. Justin Fields was the QB six overall in fantasy last last season because of his rushing ability. Yeah. OK, yep. so maybe he can get there again. He has a great strength of schedule down the stretch. I don't know if he's going to finish in the top six. Right. But. Maybe he can finish as a low end QB one if we take the chains off a little bit. That's I'll tell you what uh, this playing against Justin Fields is one of my least favorite things. Yeah, you held your breath, didn't you? Because he does things that very few other quarterbacks, yes, in the NFL are able to do. And part of that was that confidence that you're talking about. I don't just want to see him step up into the pocket and then decide he wants to take off. Sometimes I want to see him step up into the pocket and find guys downfield. He did that with DJ Moore. There were a couple other deep shots where he had some opportunities and just missed. Well, he doesn't have the protection to think that long about it. You have to be decisive if you don't have an O-line. He doesn't have much of an O-line. And I know I'm talking more football than fantasy right now, but forgive me, this was my team. No, Liz, it's a football show. Also, it's the Liz show. You can talk about whatever you want. You can talk about your favorite blend of coffee. Fire away. I feel very strongly. It's important to me not to just like be biased towards my favorite team, but I do feel strongly that when you have someone that is a fan of a team, it's like no one watches, I would assume, the Bears in the same way that you, Liz Loza, as an analyst, also watch the Bears. You see things that like you you make sure that you want to bring to light. I feel the same way about when I watch the Detroit Lions. Like there's a lot of stuff. There's nuances. There's little things. So like I want to know all those intricacies that you think because I think you're more plugged in than I am. Well, I, I guess you and I probably had a different feeling about the David Montgomery revenge touchdown then. I got to tell you. Oh, I got to tell you. I had a, I had a, <laughs> I had a parlay in which I hit everything other than... Detroit Lions having David Montgomery in the end zone with two and a half minutes left in that game. I was like, I can't believe we're not going to get this. And then David oh, Montgomery yes. got in the end zone. Uh, Dinner on Daniel tonight. That's right. I'm like white knuckling it. Already, like, even already now. Yeah. That was um, tough. I will say this. Uh, just I know we have like an, a bonus 30 seconds here. Interesting utilization from the running backs yesterday for the Lions. 
uh, dead even in some categories. I believe they had the exact same number of carries yesterday, Liz. Can you confirm? No, 12, uh, 12 and 8. Okay, 12, 12 and 8. I'm sorry. Montgomery gets a 12 to 8 edge. And what was most curious, though, or most compelling, I thought, uh, or maybe frustrating if you have Jameer Gibbs, was that early in the game when they were down and running some two-minute offense, Jameer Gibbs was in the game, as you might expect, right? He's such a great pass catcher. David Montgomery played a lot when the team was down by nine points late in the fourth quarter. A lot of David Montgomery on both of those two drives in which they scored a touchdown. Do you think that's Dan Campbell letting him have a little revenge moment? Yes. I, I, I don't I think right. so. Come no, on. I really don't. You know? I mean, like when you're down nine points, like it's one thing if you're up and, you, you know, whatever, like let him have it. But like when you're down nine and you're the Detroit Lions looking to go eight and two for the first time since 1962, I just, I think what it probably is, is just like Jameer Gibbs is special. I think part of this is Dan Campbell who is the pulse of the locker room coach, right? Is trying to make sure that David Montgomery is not relegated mm. to like only being the early down guy. Montgomery, by the way, he's a capable pass catcher. Yes, this is, is not like putting, I don't know, Gus Edwards out there, you know, a guy who's very much a limited pass catcher. Montgomery can do it. It's just the Gibbs can do it at a higher, higher level. So I thought that was interesting. I do think, and I want to say this and then we'll move on talk Monday Night Football. I thought it's very interesting the way that the Detroit Lions are allowing Jameer Gibbs to get goal line work. This is not just like it was last year where it was all Jamal Williams and no DeAndre Swift. They're giving the ball to Jameer Gibbs at the goal line. So not only is a pass catcher. One carry. One carry at the goal line. At the five, right? And then Montgomery came in. Came in at the end of the game to be able to... to He got the touchdown from like the the one yard line. I still think it's going to end up being... Like I think if it's two and in, I think it's Montgomery time. Yeah. I think so. And Gibbs scored on a receiving touchdown yesterday. That helped um, from short. But I think if they're going like big personnel, first and goal from the three, two, one, I think Montgomery's in the game. I think the difference between this year and last year is protecting Gibbs versus last year, worried about the fragility of Mm. White, of Swift, rather. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't think I didn't see it that way in part because the run that they gave to Jameer Gibbs was like they loaded everybody up on the offensive line like he was going to go right. And then they just pitched it left to him. But it was a very interesting one to be able to see these. Both of these lines running backs, were they both top 20? Pulse, I had a uh, I had a board bet against a bunch of dummies this week saying that both of these running backs were going to be top 20, I believe. I think that happened again this week, didn't it? I don't know. I would no, imagine we're about to close look. to it. But by the way, you know, you were saying how you don't see it the same as Liz and I do. Liz and I obviously being, as you were just saying, like us being the hardcore Lions fans probably have <laughs> a more astute <laughs> observation, right? Point. Yeah. yeah. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Field Yates, Liz Loza, and Daniel Dopp. We are talking Monday night football. This might be one of the best Monday night football games we get all year long, Field Yates. It is going to be Chiefs and Eagles. When you look at this game, just tell me what you're looking for, because we're starting everyone in this one. Like, yeah, what, pretty what are you much. Watching? I mean, there are a couple of things that I'm watching. Eagles side, I want to see how much the shadow by Legereus Sneed opens things up for Devontae Smith. I want to see whether Dallas Goddard's absence means more of a third receiver for Philly, whether that is Quez Watkins or somebody else that has a significant role, Julio Jones or something random, but still um, a third wide receiver, because that was what happened last year. Yep. Goddard was out. It ended up being Quez Watkins who played a more prominent role at a 16% target share when Goddard was out last season. Other side of the game for the Chiefs. Um, will any second receiver step up? Mm-hmm. And I mean, second receiver, meaning like non-Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Will Kelsey be himself? And, uh, you know, can Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, frankly has been disappointing this season, cash in on what looks to be a money spot? Because this is the team that allowed the second most points to opposing quarterbacks in fantasy this season. Yep. If there was ever an opportunity for Mahomes to smash, and he's had two juicy matchups so far this year. Chargers, and um, I'm looking at it bears and he's totally crushed it in those two games. Those are his two best games of the season. Can he make it three for three? If not, then the disappointing Patrick Mahomes season prevails and continues. I would love to have another 30 point, his second 30 point outing this week. Like I, the idea that he has only hit 30 points once so far this year is crazy to me. This game seems like it's set up with everything that you just laid out, how this defense can be attacked through the secondary field. This seems like it's a smash spot. For Patrick Mahomes. I think we also afford Patrick Mahomes and he has earned it a little bit of leeway. Um, There's been a lot of analysis that the Chiefs defense is what's winning games for the Chiefs Mm. without saying that Patrick Mahomes is also throwing the ball 37 times a game. Mm. It's a QB four in pass attempts. If you looked at his, if you looked at his completions and you looked at his yardage, would you assume that he is the QB four in attempts? No, 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 no. 
There's been some struggles this year. Yeah, more of that would be good. So yeah. I would I would love to be able to see more of that. All right, let's pick this game then. You're st- by the way, I'll just say this: you're starting everybody. Like, Jalen well, what do Hurts, you mean by everybody? De- Jalen Hurts, Hurts, DeAndre Swift, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, yep. Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Travis Mahomes, Kelsey, Pacheco, Pacheco makes me nervous. Pacheco. Yep, and Rishi Pacheco, Rice. yes, but makes me nervous Rishi because Rice. at this point, if you if you had him flagged as a starter, then yes, Rishi Rice would be a flex play. Oh, and Julio, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco does make me a little bit nervous just because of how good Philly is against the run. They're yeah. very, very good, but still starting him. Yes. Let's pick this game. I picked the Eagles yesterday in fantasy football, and that was an impulse thing, and I was trying to be funny and cute. I'm picking the Chiefs. And I, <laughs> every time I'm asked that for the rest of the day, I eliminate my fantasy football now pick. I didn't mean it. I, I thought everybody was going to take the Chiefs, and I picked first. Uh, so I picked the Eagles. I'm picking the Chiefs. I'm, I'm taking the Eagles. I am going to take the Eagles as well in this okay. one. You guys I, are I actually consistent in your analysis. Yeah, you guys stick right. with the picks that you make yesterday. That's fair. That's well, fair. St- I mean, the at Arrowhead was a good point that Stefania actually made, but she was like number four in the order. So she got I, to think I, about I it. I thought I was going to be the pivot person. I thought I would be the guy that goes on. Like, I hate when you're on a show and there's like at least three people and you all pick the same team. It's I know, the it's most tough. nerve-wracking thing. It's, it's tough. All right, Liz Loza, <gasps> ESPN Bet is live. And it here is. we are. We're talking same game parlays. Download the ESPN Bet app. Must be 21 and older. Let's look at this Eagles and Chiefs game. Liz, you and I, give me one player that you like. You've got our parlay there on the screen mm-hmm. if you are listening to it. We've got Patrick Mahomes under 284 and a half passing yards. We have Rasheed Rice, who we just talked about, over four and a half receptions. Devonta Smith, over 56 and a half receiving yards. And DeAndre Swift, over 58 and a half rushing yards. Talk to me about what you like in this game with these four props, Liz. Well, let's start at the top and talk about Patrick Mahomes under 284 and a half. Um, It's a tough one because this field just mentioned the secondary on the other side of the ball here is one that can be attacked. And yet Patrick Mahomes is averaging a career low 7.3 yards per attempt until we see Another one of these receivers, or I should say pass catchers behind Travis Kelsey, truly break out. It is going to be hard for me to bet the over on something like this. So I'm going to say the under. It was not a scoring prop. It was a yardage prop. Yardage prop, right. Totally makes sense. And I understand that if we had seen a different Patrick Mahomes so far this year, maybe we would feel differently. But right now I'm with you on this. I feel good about the under as well. I'm also taking Rasheed Rice over four and a half receiving yards, receptions, excuse me, in part because these Eagles just give up so much volume to the slot. And that is where Rasheed Rice lives. He is one of these safety blankets. And it sounds kind of weird to say that about Rasheed Rice, a rookie, but it's Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice are the two guys that Mahomes looks at in order to move the chains. Week in and week out, he is one of the trusted guys within this offense. And I think if you're going to talk about that narrative of them being able to take advantage of this Eagles secondary, give me Rasheed Rice over four and a half receiving receptions. If there is a breakout opportunity, this is it for Rasheed Rice. I agree with you. It's interesting because the prop, the under prop we just talked about from Mahomes does not work necessarily in conjunction with this. But, you know, for analysis sake, Rice is currently second on the team in targets and catches behind, obviously, Travis Kelsey and just ahead of... This one hurts a little bit. Isaiah Pacheco. I know. That is wild to me, though he hasn't managed more than five catches all year. Um, and Philadelphia is allowing the fourth most catches to opposing wide receivers. Hey, there's something. So we're least. on. Should we move on to the next one? Should we talk Devontae about Devonta Smith? Smith? I mean, you brought this up earlier this week about everything yeah. that is happening with A.J. Brown, the potential shadow that he's going to see. Why do you like Smith? Converted 10 of 10 and scored in back-to-back weeks. 10 of 10 over the last two weeks, obviously. We know he's efficient. We know he's talented. We know he can find the end zone. Yep. The issue has been consistent volume, but with Dallas Goddard out and with uh, A.J. Brown perhaps being locked down a bit more by Legereus Sneed, things should open up for Devonta Smith. And so I will take the over on 56 and a half receiving yards for him. Also worth mentioning the last time these two teams played in a little game called the Super Bowl, he uh, caught seven balls for, I believe, 100 yards. Wow. Seven balls for 100 yards is pretty good. We also got DeAndre (laughs) Swift over 58 and a half. This was a tougher one. This is a tougher sell. Chiefs are middle of the pack when it comes to stopping the run. And this is a spot where DeAndre Swift, with what this Eagles offensive line has done, if they are playing well and if they are playing, especially with the lead, he should be in a good spot to be able to take advantage of this Chiefs defense. Not because the Chiefs defense is bad because they are a pretty good defense, but this offensive line is one of the, if not the best offensive line in football when it comes to opening up holes for running backs. He has averaged nearly 17 carries per game since week two. Remember, week yep. one doesn't really count. Um, and so if he carries the ball 15 times at four yards per carry, the Chiefs are allowing an average YPC of 4.6, by the way, then he shall hit 60 yards. 
So the math maths. Math maths. Love that. Hey, go download the ESPN Bet app. It is live right now. Field Jace, go ahead. What do you got for I us, I want to baby? close the show by wishing a very happy 40th birthday to Josh Shaw at DodgersBatBoy21 on Twitter. Back-to-back champ in his fantasy football league. All he right, asked for Josh. a 40th birthday shout-out. I happen to see it in live time. So, Josh, I hope you listen to this show happy all the birthday, way to Josh. the end. And enjoy your day, 40. That's a big one right there. Um, if you have any Monday Night Miracles that you need, I hope that they are fulfilled on this very special day. Yeah, fingers crossed on that one. Thank so, you so much for hanging out with us, question too, for you, Liz. Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for the rest of the season. Are you busy by chance? <laughs> Are you? Am I going to get your private jet to Bristol? I don't have one, but Daniel Yet. might be able to offer up. I his. can lend you my arms. Hey, oh, just just trying to figure out. Like I, I, you know, I'm wondering if Mike needs more time to allocate towards other stuff. He does. Or maybe okay. He yeah. does. Yeah. Let's so just make his, that executive decision. Making yeah. his own uh, yogurt at home. Oh, stop! That's it. what we got to get him for Christmas. Your at home yogurt, yogurt making, making kit. kit. Oh. Oh. Yeah, ice cream maker. Teach him the Get real him way of going wants. about this. Field, stop trying to convert. Uh, Let him have what he wants. Liz Follow Liz right. everywhere at Liz Loza underscore FF Liz. So thank you. Thank you very much for being thank here. Thank you very much for having me. We love you, girl. We love you guys as well. Good Bye. luck on Monday Night Football. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Tuesday. Peace. Not a mystery, the one that we depend on for all our podcast needs. Graduate, full sell you, Alliance fan through and through, with the hippest beard, I'm telling you.